0: I'm Michael Foster, and you're listening to It's Good to Be a Man, the podcast where we are extending God's house and father rule by helping men to establish their own houses in strength, workmanship, and wisdom. Today, we began loading up a lot of our backlog. We have quite a bit. And so this is actually something I recorded maybe a year and a half ago on upending the Lords of Niceness. I want to talk about upending the lords of niceness and what you find in a lot of Christian churches is that they're ran by nice guys, guys who their, their main virtue that they're after is the virtue of niceness. And the main thing they don't want is being seen as mean in some way. So when I'm talking about niceness, I'm not talking about being gentle or being kind or anything like that. I'm talking about being nice, being agreeable. So any conversation you have, any sermon you put out there, it needs to be relatively found agreeable by the the folks that are hearing it. And so these are the sort of guys that they don't want to be seen as mean, and therefore they're always trying to avoid conflict. Because when you confront somebody on their sin – uh, there is a pathway you have to go uh, to go through to get to reconciliation, to get to repentance. And that pathway uh, or that doorway is conflict. And there's a point where you have to tell someone what you're doing is wrong. You need to repent. You need to stop it. And a lot of folks don't take kindly to that. Now, sometimes there is a humility where uh, they receive it and it's immediate and you don't have to make arguments. And you don't have to navigate the conversation. Uh, but that's not the case a lot of times. Right. More often than not, uh, the person will uh, blame shifts, create excuses, make it about you, um, you know, rationalize, whatever. And then it's your job as a leader in the church to kind of head them off at the pass and and more or less corner them and show them, no, no, this is a problem. This is a sin. This is your responsibility. You need to stop it. And they're going to look for a way to get free from that. And one of the easiest ways is not to focus on the content, but to focus on the method of delivery, how you communicate. So this is uh, just huge with uh, folks that they'll say, well, even if what you said was true, the way you came at me made me defensive. And, you know, again, this is to get away from the issue at hand and to pivot and make it about something else. So, you know, and so it always comes down to tone. And they'll say more or less you're being mean, oppressive, abusive, or pick your word. But you, not that you're being faithful, a friend that's uh, willing to wound them for the sake of, of God's glory and for their good. That's, that's, that only comes when someone's uh, humble and also when someone's been trained to, uh, to receive correction, a lot of people are coming from homes where they were praised when they should have been uh, not praised, and therefore they are are used to people. Uh, treating them really lightly. I think of, there's that episode in the Andy Griffith show where uh, Opie lets his friend keep winning at chess and his friend is not very good at chess and he's, he's walking around bragging how awesome he is. And then one day, uh, he actually gets his butt kicked. I think, I, I don't know if, if Opie beats him or it's someone else, whatever. And then he's like in this deep denial and he gets all angry. It's not unlike what you have going on, on American Idol, where someone comes in and they sing and they're like, everyone else told me I was beautiful. You know, like everyone else told me I had this wonderful voice and, and Simon Cowell's, you know, usually the only one that was ever willing to tell him the truth. Like, no, no, uh, you sound wretched. You should not be a singer. You should go do something else. And so we have people that have like, I've never, no one's ever told me that I have this problem, this sin problem. This is the first I'm hearing of it. Well, yeah, a lot of people don't want to enter into conflict and tell you things you don't want to hear. And so we have an entire culture like that. So when you try to discipline someone, you know, discipline means just restore them, admonish them. So they walk in a way that glorifies God and that is in keeping uh, in step with his word uh, that they don't receive it well. And, and they're going to try to get away. And if you kind of nail them down, then they're going to say you're mean or abusive or whatever. And so for nice guys, for the lords of niceness, they hate this. So what they'll do, if you think of conflict as that of that doorway and there's a path to that doorway and you always, you know, you don't usually enter into conflict right away when you're trying to correct somebody. Sometimes you pray, give them time to work it out and see where they're going to, If they're going to, you know, maybe it's just was a bad morning or whatever. I've like, for example, I remember once a friend called me up to correct me on the behavior of my children and my children were not acting the best. But we also had just been on the road for like seven hours. Is it that the kids are tired and acting out or is it a real deficiency in parenting? Sometimes You have to give some space to figure that out. And maybe you don't have to enter into conflict. But what the Lords of Niceness do, they take, you know, something that should be this sort of path to get to conflict and they stretch it out and they keep delaying and delaying and delaying getting to the issue because they want to give people space and they want to understand where they're coming from, yada, yada, yada. But really, they don't want to be seen as mean. That's what they want to appear as nice, agreeable guys. And so what they do is that they take the same tone. They become monotonal, right? They address issues that are really bad as if they're not really bad. And so they have one approach to everything. Now, how do we upend this rule? Well, let me start by telling you how how we don't. The answer to the lords of niceness is not to adopt a shrill, abrasive tone at all times. Matter of fact, a gentle tone, one way you can understand gentleness is to think of it as uh, the appropriate amount of strength um, for any given situation. So Jesus, when he's whipping those guys and tossing over tables, can still be gentle. He can be gentle because that's what uh, is appropriate to the situation. Another way to think about it, if I take like a big bag of flour and I toss it into a truck, I'm not being rough with it when I toss it in there. That's just how you treat a bag of um, flour. But if I, that's not how you treat a lamp, right? If I throw the lamp in there, the lamp then uh, is going to break. I'm not being gentle with it. There's an appropriateness in how you treat things right? It has to vary from thing to thing. So it is with tone, because what a lot of people do when they get sick of the lords of niceness, they become shrill. They become overly sarcastic. They become almost always angry and accusatory in the way that they talk. And that's not an answer either, because we know tone absolutely matters. It does. Scripture says so, says a gentle answer turns away wrath, right? And so there's a a way to answer something that's appropriate that will keep things from going a or will help steer things from going a a negative direction, a a way that's not good. And so what we have to be able to do is speak with varieties of tones. We have to modulate to what's needed. So there's a time to be jovial and kind and then there's a time to step it up and say no that's wrong and stop it and to use that sort of energetic Haydn speech. The nice guys can't do that. They are always super soft and wanting them to, like, I want you to know that I understand where you're coming from, right? And sometimes that just doesn't matter. <laughs> you just need to tell them what you're doing is wrong. It's a sin against God. You must stop. What happens is these lords of niceness, when you take that path that they wanted to be this long and you shrink it down and you force conflict, they they don't like you. And they're going to tell you that the problem is your tone. And they they think that they can always do something better than you. That there's this, uh, they they have the magical gift of PR. They know how to thread the needle always. But I, I don't think that's the case. A lot of times all they're doing is delaying the inevitable. What we have to do is start to discern like how much space to give somebody. And then we have the tone and the content and the situation match each other. Uh, And then the other thing uh, you have to have is what I call a joyful swagger. So a sort of confidence that comes from knowing that you are saved. Confidence coming from knowing that you have an abundance in jesus christ that the lord really is your shepherd and you shall not want uh knowing that uh, you can not have much or have a lot and it doesn't matter because you can do all things through christ who strengthens you uh you have this attitude of of like confidence it's not self-doubt there's real joy there's real happiness that's that's there and it comes from having abundance in christ that's what you have to have that sort of that the that swagger that comes from it. And you're not going to win people from the Lords of Niceness by always being so nasty and unhappy. One of the things I like that I see out of Moscow, what they do up there at Christchurch, is those guys they manage to write some critical things but always kinda of have the sort of happy warrior. There's a joyfulness about them that I I, I quite like. And what we have to do is to cultivate that in our life. And it, it comes from knowing who you are in Christ and the gifts that we have in Christ and the abundance that we have in Christ. And then when we enter into these conversations with people, and we have these conversations with people. They see that it's it's not that we're just angry and that we're not out to get them but that we're concerned for the glory of God and concerned for their good. And that's why we speak the way we do. That, I think that that joyful swagger will help you, will guide you in the right way to speak to people. This is something you just have to, uh, you have to work at and, and you grow into over time. But all these things are a consequence of of your walk in the Lord. When I see people online kind of posture themselves as a discernment ministry or whatever, a lot of them are needlessly abrasive. And it's just like, I don't want to be like you. Or do you, you know, are you always like this? Are you always this miserable? Or And you don't have to be that way. You know, you can actually face down the lies, the darkness of our day, but be happy, be joyful, right? Count it all joy when you fall in various trials. Why? Because God's working in them and through them. The way we're going to upend and these nice guys is not by becoming mean guys that's not what we need we need to become people who are joyful and care about truth and is willing to speak truth into the situation appropriately that's what we have to do that's step number 1 we can't turn into this sort of nasty discernment ministry paparazzi everyone's a false teacher but me and sort of fault finding attitude that people end up going, almost reacting against. There's just this reactionary nature that you find in the church where someone's in a really critical discernment ministry like church, and then suddenly they don't want to have any discernment and everything's great and roses and puppy dogs and this sort of Pollyanna attitude. That's not good. And then you see people that come out of sort of uh, evangelicalism, and they realize how far the movement has strayed from its original intents. I mean, I guess that's debatable, but nonetheless, it's not doing well right now. And then they they can become shrill, and that's not the answer either. So we gotta avoid the ditches, and that comes from, again, uh the abundance that we have in Christ. I'd recommend just really meditating on the truth of Psalm twenty three. I think that's a huge, uh a hugely helpful Psalm in that you can see David's mindset. Even in the dark times, the Lord's with him. Even when he dies, he's still going to have an abundance. His whole life is abundance. His cup overflows. Green grasses, uh, the wettest of waters. I mean, he has everything he needs. And from that, he can be a happy warrior. Until next time, be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love.